Has your local footy club had a recent clangor or challenge? Well, Amy is here to help. The Amy Clangers for Good competition is back for 2024. This year, Amy are donating $10 for every clangor recorded during the AFL season with eight community clubs in the chance to win up to $15,000. If you want your club to go into the running in 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. How good, it's just bloody good to have you back. Thank you so much for returning. If you're a new listener, welcome. Welcome to you. Hope you enjoy it and uh, yeah, just welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm Dylan and um, this is Dylan Friends. So basically this week, it's uh, it's Abby Holmes. Abby Holmes is an absolute legend. She is a star. She's incredible. Um, and I really enjoyed this chat. To be honest, I came off real hot at the top. I was really excited to um, to get her on because we'd met uh, loosely like a, a year or so ago, but we ran into each other recently when we were doing a bit of a small segment for an AFL show that we do. And as I, as I say in the start of the episode, I was just taken back by how, um, how busy she is, how much of a hustler she is how many things she's got going on um, outside of working with Channel 7, which is just so incredible. And obviously her story as well, which is really cool. Growing up in SA, moving at a young age to the NT, uh, playing footy, getting drafted, um, you know, which actually took a lot longer than than expected. You know, playing in a premiership with Adelaide, uh, transitioning into some media work. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't know she also works in real estate. She's an entrepreneur. She's got her own brand as well called Blindside. Um, there's just so much going on, which is just unbelievable. And I love her mindset. She's just always going, loves to keep fit and healthy and active in her mind and, and in her in herself as well, which is which is really, really cool. If this is like, I, I really enjoy this chat because it's one that I think I, if I was like 18 and wanted to listen to how I'd like to live my life um, and the lessons I'd want to go by, this is the exact way that anyone, per, any people should listen to and just go, fuck, that person is an absolute go-getter. I'm going to do what she does, which is sick. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And I know you will. So IlyXX, have a chat. Oh, listen in. That made, didn't make sense. Hi, fam. It's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub and says, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable, be uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Carrying a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by Stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him. You saved my life. You saved my life. You saved my life. Thank you. Thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Abby Holmes. 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 Hello. Hey, the L's there for a reason. <laughs> That's what I've been telling you all morning. 
I said embrace the L in your name. I just gave you a little bit of an education <laughs> session on how to pronounce my name. If you ask Liam Pickering, he is one that just says it's Holmes, it's Holmes, it's Holmes. I'm like, mate, I know how to pronounce my own last name. There's an name. L there for a reason, There is an Liam. L there for a reason. It's like we don't call him Ian. No. Do we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. That should have been my comeback. There Damn it. There you go. There you go. Hey, Ab, how are you? I'm really well. I'm really well. I'm probably sleeping a little bit better than you are at the moment no, with a newborn. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Hey, I want to say this over the top, but like, I really love you. Like, I have so much respect for you. I just, you are this ball of just like positive energy. And since we met, look, we've, I've known you for a, a while. Yeah. Loosely. Mm. But we met probably three weeks ago. And I just haven't, this sounds really weird in a very plutonic way. I just haven't stopped thinking about you <laughs> because you just do so much shit. And even today you've rocked up and I've learned like four more things about you. And we did the chat on, uh, we did a little show, AFL knockoffs, yeah, like I said, three weeks ago. And it was for 20 minutes. And I was like, I didn't even get to one-tenth of the things that I wanted to ask you about. So firstly, congratulations on everything you've achieved today. Thank you. And I'm really looking forward to unpacking a lot of it today. Thank you. That's very kind. Oh, thank you very much. Um, How are you? I'm good. It's um, We always say in the footy broadcast, well, just get to Anzac Day and then it kind of settles down a little bit. So we're there, we're past Anzac Day um, and now we kind of roll into it just the Friday, Saturday, Sunday broadcast from a seven perspective. So it's been madness the first six rounds, you know, Easter, throwing a gather round in South mm. Australia. Um, yeah, it's been crazy, but um, loving every minute. How was... Um the first start of the, the year that's been like it's, it seems like you know obviously following your social media it's been everywhere like gather mm. around as well especially being a you know born and raised yeah. in Adelaide and then moving gather around was a total vibe was it you need to Did be there it? next year I want to go there next so year so get your friends get your family pack up your you'll be one then one one yeah yep um, First birthday gather round. Yeah, hit the road because it was amazing. Um, Peter Malinowskis is an absolute god over there, the Premier of South Australia. Yeah. He did so well. He was um, but then, you know, following on from gather round, they've got live golf. Like that place is just rocking at the moment. But gather round was a total success, and I'm so happy that it's in South Australia for the next three years. I oh, know it's exciting. Yeah, I was. Um, I obviously missed it this year, but would be so keen to go. And, to be completely honest, when they said gathering, I was like, what the hell is this? Mm. Like, it was a new concept. I know they've been doing it in the league for yep. years. Loved what Gil said about, like, you know, we've done it once and already doing it better than yeah. them. But even the whole prep of, like, I loved, I think that holistically, I don't know who was in control of this, whether it was the AFL yeah. or tourism, Adelaide or whatever it was, but, like, getting everyone over there, doing all the cool shit. Like, the, I saw Cripper went to do, like, the shark Port diving Lincoln. in Port yep. Lincoln. Um, Drapes went to do the wineries. Mm. Like people were just going everywhere and just showcasing what an awesome state it is. And like I know Adelaide gets a bit of a rap. Like tongue in cheek, it gets a rap sometimes. City of Church is a bit boring, but I've been out. <laughs> it's it's um, it's so beautiful. Adelaide's awesome, yeah. and I think it was such a, a massive kind of collective, you know, thing that the AFL did, that the South Australian state government did. Um, yeah, as I said, I've. I'm a proud South Australian originally and just to see the amount of, I guess, love that was thrown behind the AFL. Daisy Pearce put it beautifully actually on the Thursday night, mm. the opening game of, of Gather Round, and she said it's like the grand final week vibe but everyone's invited. It's not just two teams and their supporter <laughs> networks. Everybody's there, all 18 clubs. So if you can imagine that, like it was absolutely popping off. So good. Mm. Um, I don't even know where to start today. As I said, it's <laughs> just... There's a lot to get through. Um, I want to talk to you. Firstly, what takes up the most of your time at the moment? Because there's, look, just to rattle a few things off, you're doing obviously commentary with 7 AFL. Mm. You're doing uh, tourism, ambassador of tourism. Yep. You're doing, you got 
entrepreneurial side. You've got Blindside, which I'm wearing today. Thanks so much for bringing me That's in this right. jumper. It's You've good. got uh, Investor in Bobby Drinks, which we've got the thing in the studio <laughs> as well. You've got footy. you got – like what, what takes up the most of your time at the moment and how do you seriously fit it all in? Um – you must love being busy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. If I have some time to myself, I don't know what to do with yeah. myself. I'm the kind of person that sits there kind of twiddling my thumbs going, am I am I missing something? What I've do I need to do? I've got real estate as well. Yeah, I'm a real estate agent by trade. Not too many people actually know that. Yeah. Um, I love real estate. But probably, obviously, this time of year, it's the footy world. Yeah. Um, it moves so fast. There's so much news on a day-to-day basis. So from March through November now, obviously, the AFLW season at the end of mm. the men's season this year, um, it's a pretty full-on time and, and that does occupy um, a lot of your mindset um, and a lot of your world during those months. But I absolutely love it. Like I'm a diehard footy fan. Um, to think that it's my job um, to, you know, sit there on the boundary, watch footy and talk about it. Um, yeah, I look back kind of to my younger years, that little girl, um, not really knowing what she was going to do with her life. And yeah, it's been a pretty crazy journey. So I'd have to say this time of year, definitely footy. Yeah. That takes up a lot of my time. But as I said, like I'm, I'm the kind of person who doesn't stop and... I like it that way. I mean, I, I stop in a healthy way. Like I just certainly do take time to um, sit back and relax and, and, you know, have a day off here and there. But my mindset around it is like I want to be better. I want to keep doing more. I, what more can I be doing to, to continue to get better and be a, a bigger and better version of myself each and every day? So I, I certainly um, don't have any limits, I guess, and I'm always looking to improve and, and do more. What was Was that always the case? Do you think like from – was that like a common trend from a young age? Have you always thought like that? Or was there a time where you had to put yourself out of your comfort zone and change and, mm. and notify that you wanted to be better? So I look back when I was 21. Um, so netball was a big part of, of my life. I was, um, you know, playing state league netball in South Australia from the age of 15. I was lucky enough to represent Australia at a junior level and I had every aspiration to play at the top level for a very, very long time. Um, but at 21, I'd, I'd had a couple of knee surgeries. Um, you know, I, I was pretty realistic in, you know, how serious those injuries were as well and how much that was going to impact me um, moving forward with my netball. So as a 21-year-old girl, I, I was living in Adelaide. I went to my dad and said, Dad, I'm moving to Darwin. And he's like, what do you mean you're moving to Darwin? You've never even lived out of home. You've never stood on your own two feet. I'm his baby, right? I've got an older sister. And I said, not only that, I said, Dad, I'm moving to Darwin for a boy. <laughs> so um, my partner at the time had moved up from Adelaide to Darwin to play in the NTFL. He was originally going to stick around for a six-month NTFL season and then come back to Adelaide. But as most blokes do, fell in love with the place and didn't want to leave. So little old Abs packed up her life. 21. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, like to have the guts to make that move. As a 21-year-old girl, I'd never stood on my own two feet. I was moving across the country to a place where... I didn't know anyone um, other than Brownie, um, my partner at the time. But I look at that move and and think that that was such a defining moment in my life and I'm a big one for sliding doors moments. And if I hadn't have had the balls or the guts to do that as a, as a really young girl, um, I certainly wouldn't be here talking to you today. Um, and that for me, I guess, was where I had to force myself out of my comfort zone and I had to learn to swim pretty quickly um, in the big, bad, you know, <laughs> world of, of life. So um, that's definitely a pivotal moment as to where I am today. I, uh, I don't want this to be missed in this in the episode, but that's 
you must look back at like that yourself. You know, you like reflect on mm. the 21 year old version of Abby and and go, fuck, I'm so proud of you, like, to do that and, yeah. and make that call. Like, I was – I speak about a lot on the show and Darcy will, will contest to this, but the fact that I got an opportunity to move when I was 26 and, to be honest, I was such – in a nice way, a piece of shit. Like, I mm. just lived in the same area, yeah. knew the same people, didn't challenge myself. For you to do that by yourself on your own accord is huge. Yeah. And I think for me, like, having a son, you know, baby, now and any advice I'd give to any young person – is move away, yeah. get out of your comfort zone, go and do something and you just grow up so much. I 100% agree. You've got to put yourself out of your comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. Mm. Um, you know, and from my move to Darwin, obviously the first thing that you do is, well, I got a job in real estate. I'm a real estate nuffy, as I said off the mm. top. But um, So I was selling houses, but the first thing that you do is you go and find a netball club. You know, That's how you're going to make friends. That's how you're going to meet people in a new town. And I did that and then... Interestingly, up in the NT, footy and netball seasons don't clash. Like down here, they're winter sports, so you mm. kind of play them from March through September, whereas up there you play netball from March through September and then footy from October through March. So you're just playing sport 12 months of the year. But it was only when I moved to Darwin that I really got the opportunity to play in a fully-fledged footy competition in the NTFL. It was the netball girls that convinced me to go out and have a kick in the off-season as such. So that's how I kind of landed in footy and was yeah lucky enough to go down to the Waratah Football Club and have a fair bit of success there in four seasons with them. Um, and, yeah, that's where it all kind of kicked off. I uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I find the ultimate success sometimes is the fact that when you do so well in multiple careers that people forget that you're a good footy player as well. And I'm mm. not saying that I forgot you're a good footy player, but because you've done so well now in commentary and other parts of your life, yeah. you're not defined by one thing. Well, it's interesting. Even walking here today, Facebook memories, how good are they? Oh, the best. <laughs> well, actually, sometimes sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're a bit oh, scary. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. Why did I post that 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah. Um, but no, nine years ago to this yeah. day. So Shane Crawford was up in Darwin um, for, I think he was there with Auskick. Yeah. Um, but he came out and watched one of my games. And um, one of the, the girls from AFLNT said, oh, Crawford, that's Abby. She's just kicked 100 goals, you know, first woman in the country to do it. And Crawford was like, oh, he was working for the Herald Sun writing and he was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to interview her. Wow. Um, so nine years ago to this day, Crawford literally, yeah, did a double, pray, double page. How good. That's nine years ago. And that was nearly the, was that the start of sort yeah, of everything? Yeah, So. <laughs> Shane Crawford, uh, like my mum loved him growing up. Oh, I'm every, a diehard Crows supporter, everyone but loved everyone loved yeah, Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, so Shane Crawford asking to interview me, I'm going, what is this? What is happening? Um, and then so I sat down. I had a chat with him for an hour or so. And off the back of the chat, he said to me, Abs, I don't know if I can do it, but if you're keen, available, um, I would love to have you as part of the EJ Witten Legends game in my team for the All-Stars. And I just went, Oh, my God, like I'd love to. But then I left there going, piss off, Groff. Like you're just saying that to be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to come through. That's just, you know, a, a flying comment that you throw out to to try and make someone feel, you know, good. But lo and behold, Shane Crawford came through with the goods and a week or two later I was flying down to Melbourne from Darwin to go on the footy show and, and be announced there. And so I look back at that moment even and and – you know, I, I'm so grateful for, to Shane Crawford for taking the time to interview a, a young girl up in Darwin, um, having a kick with her mates, you know, and from that, 
that came that article and then the EJ Win Legends games and that's when I was kind of thrown into the media space with yeah. TV and radio interviews and worked out very quickly that I loved it and that would potentially be something that I wanted to pursue. So unbelievable. And that just shows a snowball effect of things like that. But taking the opportunities too, you've got yeah. to say yes. Oh my you've goodness. You've got to say yes. I'm a big one and I say to everyone, just say yes to every single opportunity that presents itself because you never know where it's gonna lead. It might lead to nowhere and that is so fine. Mm. But it might change your life. And I'm a perfect, I guess, example of how following those opportunities can change your life. And this is a, like a, a massive reason why I think from chatting to you uh, a few weeks ago, why I wanted to actually chat to you in depth. And I know that you know this, and I know that a lot of people close to you would know this, but there's no coincidence you are where you are now. Like there's mm -hmm. no coincidence you are successful and you've done all these things. Like if you look at your story, it is just from continually wanting to improve, which yeah. is the message I want people to get from this today. It's, it's, it's honestly textbook for any young person that needs to go out and wants to do what they want to mm. do in life. So I'm really excited about it. And again, I'm, I keep pumping you up, but it's because you, you really deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we get into the footy show and how that changed with the footy and mm. going to the Crows, talk me through that time around when the AFLW came in, you were playing for the Waratahs yeah. and you were, you know, you had a bit of a kick in the ass going like, well, I was, you were pissed off that you were pissed off, but you know, yeah. you didn't get the opportunity. So yeah. what happened for then you to go to kick the 100 goals? So it was actually, I started playing for Waratahs. Yep. Uh, my first season was the 2012-13 NTFL season. They fall across, obviously. Yes, the they're wet. Yep. Yep. Well, the wet season. And I rocked up to training. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I, I did, once again, new town. I hadn't met any of the girls from footy other than the girls I was playing netball with, of course. And Rocked up and my coach took one look at me and he was like, you're a midfielder. Like, you know, you've got the the size that you can get in and under and win the contest and get us, get us a ball, really. And I was like, yeah, no worries. Like, just do anything. <laughs> um, in my first year of footy, we kicked 67. And that was, I just kept gravitating forward and, you know, hungry. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> um, not many handballs were there. Not many handballs were there. Yeah, Soz guys. Yeah. Sorry. Nah. So 67 in the first year. You by yourself? Yeah. From the midfield? You, you midfield forward. Midfield, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then at the end of that year, they had the, obviously 2013, the first ever exhibition game between Doggies, Doggies and these, Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. And no girls from the NT were drafted. And that really upset me because not for me personally, but I, I in my, my mind, there was so many incredible footballers and athletes in the NT that deserved the opportunity to represent and to be there with one of those two sides. Um, so I, look, I, I remember, you know, my mindset heading into that next season was I wanted to kick 100. I wanted to do it and I wanted to bring more attention and interest to the amazing players in the NTFL and get more girls drafted. And, you know, it certainly wasn't just about me in that season and I'll get into that. But anywho, so the second year I looked at my mom and I said, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. Like we've got such an amazing team, such a talented group of girls. Um, we'll get there. And it was only after about 50 well, the half century that you're going, right, this this could actually happen. Did you hit the half, the 50 pre-middle of the year or was it like, did you come home with a wet sail or was it like you did the work early? Um, it was pretty consistent. It was consistent. Yeah. Okay. But I remember. How many goals is that a game, by the way? 20, 100. Uh, it was 105 or 14 games. Year. Yeah. I dropped mass in like year eight. <laughs> trying to work that out. <laughs> 105 or 14. 105. So what's yeah. that in a game average? 
Oh, seven-ish? Seven-ish seven? a game. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> during that season it was so surreal because, you know, normally you have your leading goal kickers for the men's and, uh, you know, everyone's up there, whereas the NTFL were amazing and they had me with the boys. So they had me sitting on top with, say, 47 goals. They had Damien Cupido second. He was playing in the NTFL. That's sick. Um, but, yeah, so we we hit the, the 100, I think, with one or two games to to spare. Um, but it certainly wasn't an individual accolade. I said this to you on Friday knockoffs because we just had a, an incredibly dominant team. Um, and and once again, from that half time, I had complete buy-in from my teammates. I didn't I didn't go out there and I didn't tell them at the start of the season that this is something that this is a goal of mine. I, I didn't. It was only um, you know probably from about the fifty odd that it became pretty evident that that's what we were chasing as a group and awesome. and we were going to get there. So was there any times where like a couple of girls just sort of forgot? the collective vision of you kicking 100 were like running past for the handball receive or was it quite known like come on let, let's let oh, our kick the goal here no we still <laughs> had we still had girls kicking bags oh really like, it okay. wasn't just let's find out okay. um it wasn't so like so you could have kicked 200 is what you said <laughs> <laughs> in, in that team probably yeah. like did you win the flag yeah, we did. Yeah, we so were, I played yeah. in the NTFL for four years and won have, four flags. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah. how, like, dominant we were um, back in that day. But How's the, the women's comp going up there so now? So strong, yeah. yeah. And we're getting a lot of girls go there from... In the off-season? Yeah, 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 from the Waffle and the VFL and, um, yeah, so that there's lots of players flocking up to the NT, which is great to see, and the product itself just gets stronger and stronger each and every year. Um, but, yeah, as I said, like, it wasn't the case of them looking for me every kick. We were still playing footy and, mm. and playing out the plays, you know what I mean? Um, I was just lucky enough to be on the end of a few. So good. A few. <laughs> There's a couple there. Um, talk, talk to us about your love for the NT and, and why mm. it's so strong because yeah. we spoke about this off, off air before as well, but I'm yet to go to the Northern Territory. Which like, is a sin. It is a sin. And, <laughs> and I was actually meant to go up pre-COVID. I was going to actually go and play a game with uh, Pines. Yeah. With Andrew Walker's got a connection there. Yeah. Um, but then COVID happened and I yeah. didn't get to go. And then each time I was playing at the Giants with the knee full, like we'll pay an NT and I'd get injured. So oh. I just never have had the chance to go. Yeah. I, I do really want to go up there. Talk us through the beauty of it. What yeah. would you do up there? Where would you stay? Why do you love it so much? Um, I guess I recommend it to any you know, male or female footballer out there, if you can go and experience footy in the NT, it is yeah. just incredible. It is such an amazing opportunity and experience to see a, a phenomenal part of Australia. Um, and I guess the NT for me, it, it's so special to me because of the amount of opportunities that have come out of it for me. Um, I, I always say that I owe everything that I have and where I am today to those opportunities that came out of the Northern Territory and, and AFLNT and the footy pathway up there. Um, it is next level beautiful. Before I moved there, I thought it was red dirt, cork hats, kangaroos. Yeah. Um, but you go up to Darwin and in that top end region, it is so tropical and palm trees and, you know, crystal clear b blue water. Yes, there's saltwater crocodiles, but it, so that's a bit of a tease. But, um, you know, it is stunning. So there's so much to see and do. Um, you know, Litchfield is only an hour and a half drive, which is beautiful kind of water holes and mm. um, waterfalls. Kakadu, of course. Um, yeah, there's just so much to do. And I'm so grateful for the time that I had up there and the people I met and the opportunities that presented from it. Did you, uh, a bit off topic here, but one guy that I was really lucky to cross paths with in, in football, and I'm, I'm sure maybe you did as well, was Alex Arruccio. 
Did you cross paths with Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful man. Um, So I actually caught up with his parents in New York um, in November, which is amazing because I've obviously spoken to them a lot on Zooms. Um, But Alex... I can't even describe the man, to be honest. Yeah, goosebumps um, even I know. thinking about him. And it's so heartbreaking. He <laughs> came over um, obviously chasing the dream of playing AFL footy. He played for, you know. My, Northern Blues. Yeah, Northern for, Blues, uh, South Adelaide. I played Adelaide. with him there. He played with South Adelaide, went to uh, Southport. Yeah, Waratahs, and, yeah. which was my club obviously up in the Territory. And I was so lucky that so a week before – um, he passed away. I was up in the territory because during COVID, um, Keegs and I went up there when the footy was suspended. Um, for the for the you know we didn't really know it ended up being ten weeks mm. that I was up in the territory before the season recommenced in the AFL. But the week before, I Matt Wright. Not sure if you know him, the um, top end safari camp. No. So I went oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he wanted me to go out there and I was like, yeah, I'll take Roach um, because he's, you know, from the Big Apple, he's larger than life character just to have the opportunity to come out and see some big crocs and jump in choppers and airboats and that kind of thing. It'll be amazing. So I picked him up and we went out there about an hour and a half drive um, and, yeah, he had the best day. Like I could see it written all over his face and, yeah, like he told me on the way home that he was going to, you know, ride his bike out to gunpoint and I just thought, you know, nobody rides their bike out mm. to gunpoint. It's ages away, but it's Roach and he just does crazy things. He's if anybody ever saw him, he was like Adonis, wasn't he? Yeah, I did this. Yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah, like a week later he's passed away. So um he loved the territory. The territory loved him back. But yeah, that, that still you can probably hear No, I can hear yeah, yeah. it's it's it hard. was so challenging that time. Um and obviously his family so far away in New York, they couldn't get to Australia because of COVID. And um, yeah, I, I did a GoFundMe. I think we raised yeah, close to 200000 um to get him back to his family and, and to help with their funeral costs. But yeah, that was a, a very, very sad time. And Roach touched so many, I guess, hearts and lives across the footy landscape um, just from the short time that he was here in Australia. So and that's why I don't want it, and, and I'm sure everyone feels this way, like, you know, a lot of his mates from Southport. And whenever we talk mm. about him on the show, I had Mason Cox on and spoke yeah. to him about him as well. And Mason's been a massive support for me, yeah, yeah with, with Roach as well. It, so. It's just one of those people that you don't want – it's hard to talk about, but you don't want their story to be lost oh, and the impact no. that they had. And yeah. this guy like came here from another country and probably lived a life better than anyone else that has <laughs> totally. ever been here. Like he's been to more places than I've been to. He's touched like anyone in the footy community. Yeah. And I say this with utmost respect. Roosh yeah. probably was never going to play AFL. No. But like he was there because he the was just heart. the best person yeah. to be around, made everyone feel good. I'll and- tell you the story the first time I laid eyes on him, <laughs> right? South Adelaide down at Norlunga. Um, so the the resies, the reserves had just finished playing and they all come up in the stands and obviously watch the league boys and Keegs is playing league. Mm. And they come up, there's guys with pies, pasties, you know, sausage rolls, steak sandwiches, <laughs> sausages and bread. And then this big guy sits in front of me and he pulled out the biggest Tupperware container I've ever seen in my life and it was just full of rice and veggies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone, who is this guy? Eat your chips. Like everyone else is smashing chips and gravy and yeah. all of the, the shit under the sun and then there's this big guy. Like it was the, 
I can't even describe how massive this oh, Tupperware container yeah. <laughs> And it was just rice and veggies. He did not put anything bad in his body. Um, yeah, he's, he was such a, a character and Beautiful I absolutely man. loved him. Oh, sorely, sorely missed. Mm. And shout out to, like, there'll be so many people that always, when we bring up talk and message about it, because I just love hearing yeah. story. If you could sit down and podcast with anyone, oh, with the stories it would it'd be him. Yeah. Um, Anyway, sending yeah. love to his family. I know that they, yeah. they tune in whenever people talk about it because they love to, to hear people yeah. um, saying his name. He's very, very, very missed. And congratulations mm. on, on raising so much money for no, them as well, which was very course. special. Speaking of travel around, we're talking about Darwin and, and NT and the special stuff there. You're an ambassador for Tourism Australia? Yeah, Tourism yeah. Australia. So yeah. talk to me because you do this because, you know, I was onto this early too, you know, like everyone's gone, I want to go to Europe, I want to go here, I want to go there. I'm yeah. like, we have mm. the best country in the world. Yes, it is hard to get around sometimes because we're yeah. big and there's not, you know, there's some stuff in the middle that is there <laughs> and, and whatever. But um, what does that entail and what's yeah. like your favourite sort of places you've been? Yeah, so I'm one of the friends of Australia, which is obviously That's a cool an honour. thing to be. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at Chris Hemsworth and Kylie Minogue at the top. Is that easy? Oh, yeah, but they're like, they're nah, like the big dogs. They're Have the big they dogs. kicked 100? No. <laughs> no, they haven't. Um, but so domestic travel and tourism here in Australia is a very big passion point of mine. So I came up with this campaign um, called Backyard Bandits and it was prior to bushfires, prior to COVID-19, prior to domestic travel being the only thing that we could do mm. for a two-year period. And it was born out of, I guess, the frustration that there there is so many Australians out there who have seen the world. You know, they've spent thousands and thousands of dollars travelling internationally. They've seen all of America and Europe, you name it, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But they hadn't actually explored their own backyard and seen, you know, red dirt, an Indigenous community, you know, the real Australia, the history and culture that is so rich here in our home country. Um, and at that point in time, you know, TA and whatnot, they said, oh, look, we love the concept, but it's not really something that we can roll with at the moment. And I was like, no worries, that's fine. Like, I'll I'll keep grinding. Like, I'm a, yeah, I'm a hustler. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> You're like, um, have you seen, um, sorry, have you seen, uh, oh, my God, what's a movie called? With, um, he goes to jail and he's, like, not meant to be in jail. Oh, my, it's like the most famous movie of all time. Help me out, Darcy. Shawshank Redemption. You yes. seen Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know when he like writes a letter every day to the library and yeah. they end up sending that's him a library? Much that's me. you. Yeah, that's basically, <laughs> that's basically you. That's pretty was much that me. Was that analogy worth the ruin of that story? No, it was no, so it wasn't. You, you nailed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when COVID hit, you know, so many of the um, the state tourism bodies were like, this is perfect. Mm. Like we need to hit the road. We need to explore Australia and we need to promote that. So Backyard Bandits was born um, and it was pretty crazy to think that at the end of 2020, so we hit the road at the start of November, we started in Adelaide, did the Red Centre, so all of Uluru, Kings Canyon, Alice Springs, wow. top end via Catherine, um, Kakadu, Litchfield, and then obviously, yeah, all of kind of Darwin region. And then we did the whole west coast of Australia, top to bottom. So entered via Lake Argyle, Kununurra, across to Broome, and then went all the way down the coast to Esperance and then back across the Nullarbor. So we did 17,000 Ks in seven oh weeks. God. It almost killed me. <laughs> How did you do it? Like, in a, were you flying or were no, you driving? No, no, no. So we had a, a Toyota towing a jet ski and then a six-berth motorhome. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so I had two photographers, a videographer, Keegan and I on the road, and 
me being me, I didn't cater for days off, so I cooked everyone. Like it was an absolute grind, but it was amazing because we went to, you know, such remote parts of this country and, and we've been to, um, you know, places that not many people get the opportunity to go to, yeah. met some amazing people. Um, you know, I, I'm very, very passionate about always trying to educate myself on our, our history and our Indigenous culture here in Australia and I want to be able to share that with people. So, um, yeah, that's been something that I've been, you know, heavily kind of entrenched entrenched with in the last couple of years and I'll continue to do it because people need to see their country. That's so cool. Mm. Is there anything you think you can't do? Like a serious question. Is that like, does that ever cross your mind? Like I can't do something? No. I didn't think so. No. Um, although, yeah, I was going to say SAS a few, what, a month ago was a bit of a I can't situation. Yeah. But, um, no. I don't think there is because that's a limiting belief, I, I think. You know, I, it, you are capable of anything and you're capable of so much more than what you put or what you think you can. If you just put your mind to it, you can really achieve anything. And um, I know that if I work hard and if there's something that I want to achieve, I'm so bullish in, in chasing those things. It was the same with the 100. Um, you know, even as a, as a young girl, like I had the dream, I know this is something so simple, but the dream of purchasing my first home at 21. And I, I signed that contract at 21. You know what I mean? Like it's just you just chase it and you just make it happen. Do you, do you like sometimes that's I, I'm sure you're aware that that's not like a normal thing. You know, like that's like quite an incredible way to look at life, and mm. it's uh, that's why it's it's so amazing what you do, what you do. But the, but y- yeah, how do you? What's the step for someone that maybe doesn't have that or isn't have it from a young age, like to get to where you are? Do you think there's like is there an inroad into that? And that's hard because some people like comfort. Yeah. And, and that's so comfort fine. Comfort sucks. Yeah. It's good. There's a really good quote that I don't know how to say, <laughs> but it's something like, comfort. I don't know what it is <laughs> Come to on. be honest. Hit me with it, okay. baby. Basically the analogy of it is, is like uncomfortable times. So comfortable times create uncomfortable times. So meaning if you're comfortable. Yeah. In the end, you're going to be really uncomfortable because yes. it just sets you up for nothing. Yeah. Versus if you're if you're continually uncomfortable, mm. in the end you'll be comfortable. Exactly right. You can find comfort. It's a lot better quote. Yeah. But that's the you can the find gist comfort from the uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Dylan. Um, so basically, um, I meant by that is yeah. There's so much there, but but totally. That's what I'm. I think I, I've already said it. In I'm somebody who's never content. Like I, I set my mind to something and I achieve what I set my mind to, which is great, but then I don't sit back and, and, you know, celebrate that probably the way that I should. I'm already looking at the next thing and moving on pretty quickly. And only you know this yourself, but I think like we've been told this whole thing of late about, and I've fallen into this trap as well. People are like, oh, you know, that's not a healthy way to be, but it's like, fuck you. Mm. You don't know what's healthy for me. Yeah. I like doing this shit. Yeah. Like as long as I'm happy and I keep enjoying it, like you, there's this thing that we, and, I, and I've been guilty of this in a lot of episodes talking about life balance and all these things. Like sometimes mm. you don't have to have balance. Like if you're doing something good, you have to be 150% into it. Yeah. And that's each individual to their own. Yes. Like I'm the kind of person who, who always is looking for the next thing. For the next thing. If I if I don't have anything on, like I get really anxious on, too, yeah. on that side of things, you know. Um, but Emma Murray would say, yeah, she I can <laughs> hear her em. now, yeah. like in my ear. She would say, which is which is right. Like yeah. you've got to then 
also be able to find comfort totally. in not doing stuff. Which And, and that's which, the thing. Like I, I feel like I've got such a, a good balance for me. So I grind, I work hard, there's no doubt about that. But health and fitness is such a massive part of my life. If I don't train, I don't feel good. Yeah, Therefore, I'm not chasing things, you know, as you know, in that bullish nature that yeah. I have. So I've got the, the good balance of the the hard work, the health and fitness, the, the food, the nutrition, the balance. Like I feel like I've got the balance for me Love and that. no individual is the same. Yeah. yeah. I was speaking to, um, I, I say this psych, you know, like once every three weeks or yeah. so and spoke about this pyramid mm. and it's like at the top of the pyramid is like, you know, things that don't sort of matter, but we put all our energy into mm. like catching up with friends and celebrating all these bits and pieces. But the bottom of it is sleep, general health, fitness and diet. Mm. And I've just never, it's so, so obvious, but it just talks about like, if you don't have a strong pillar of those four things on your balance of what it is, it might be yeah. like, you know, 30, 30, 30 well, 25, 25, 25, yeah. 25, or 60, 10, 10, like however yeah. you work it then the rest of it crumbles down. Mm. And that's been so true for me. Like when I, I actually draw it out now because I'm like, if I don't see it, I don't really look at it. But I, I'm always focusing on like the second tier, third tier. But if I don't have fitness, if I don't have sleep, oh, yeah. if I don't have general, if I'm not getting general health and all that sort of stuff, the rest of it just fucking falls over. Exactly right. And that's that's the thing. Like I, I train every day pretty yeah. much at Hurt What do locker. you do? Are you Hurt Locker? Yeah, Brad yeah. kicks my ass. Yeah. He's an absolute psychopath in I the best kind of way. And I, I went there once with... um. With uh, Benny Crocker, and I never went back. It was the most fucked thing I've ever done in my life. Favola. I saw him yesterday, but you know, been there once, never gone back. Daisy Thomas, been there once, never, never gone back. You guys, pussies. Oh, that is so shit. (laughs) I was like, this, I was like, mate, let's just go eat. I haven't done anything for a while. I threw up on the. I will never go on one of those assault bikes ever again. Yeah. They oh, suck. God, the assault bikes suck. But that's yeah. the thing. I, I know that if I train and if I eat well, um, you can do it. Then everything else falls into place. Love it. I've got the energy to chase the dreams, to chase the goals, to work hard, to keep grinding. But it does. It all comes from that base of still looking after yourself mm. and, and finding that balance. Yeah. It's just I'm whatever works Continually for you. growing in that space. Yeah. Hey, I don't want it to be lost about the travel stuff because this is something that I, you know, I talk about a lot. I ro- romanticise a lot. Mm. Is there a source that we can go to? Because I think the one thing about travelling Australia that's hard, and I'm putting you on the spot here, is that it's like, Everyone wants to do it, but it's like, how the fuck do you do it? Like, yeah. how do I go to Alice Springs? And is there just like a website to go? Is mm. it like, have you got travel tips that you'd recommend people? Like, yeah. is there content? Like, can we watch the videos and stuff and learn more about actually booking and when, what time of the year is good to go? Yeah. Like all those bits and pieces. Well, I, I highly recommend heading to the to the state and territory kind of tourism board. So, mm. you know, for Backyard Bandits, we worked very closely with SATC, um, Tourism NT um, and Tourism WA and it's these websites that you go to and they've got 14-day itineraries on the road or they've got, um, you know, your five-day itineraries of flying into Broome and what that might look like. So there's so, I guess, so much resource in these websites but Mm. it is, it's just starting there and I'd I'd highly recommend hitting those websites first. But Who would have thought you go on the website, it gives you all the information. Totally. (laughs) Whereas we're going, right, where do we start? But no, like we, we... Pushed out, you know, weekly videos of our adventures. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. 
AFL. Here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freer versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. You're getting married at the end of the year. I am. That's exciting. Yes. Um, so Keegan actually asked me to marry him at Uluru oh. on Backyard Bandits on that trip. Beautiful. Um We'd been engaged for two and a half years. So by the end of the trip, you've dragged him every day and he's absolutely cooked. He yeah. couldn't even get yeah. down. Yeah, we on just one. did not even want to look at each other after yeah. that. No, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, such a beautiful location for that moment. And we were lucky enough to have photographers and videographers on hand who cap- yeah. captured yeah. it beautifully. Um, but, yeah, been two and a half years engaged with hardly any plans. So I've handballed the wedding planning to an amazing Come on, that's a bit lazy planner, from you. I, don't I know. Who's you got time be- to get married? <laughs> Um, and yeah, so we've got a wedding planner now, Alyssa, and she is an absolute guru. And, um, yeah, so later in the year, we're making it happen. Exciting. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be so beautiful. It's, I won't give you the location, but it's, um, it's a pretty special part of Australia. So. Could be anywhere. Could be anywhere. Very good. (laughs) Exciting. On that as well, you're obviously your fiance at the moment, soon Mm. to be husband, Keegan Cooksby. How did you guys, how did you guys meet? Funny story, actually. So Mm. I was, um, I had just moved from Darwin to Adelaide for my second year at the Crows. So not too many people actually know that the AFLW year one, the Adelaide Footy Club license bid was a joint collaboration with the NT. So we had nine girls. I do remember that because you were sponsored by NT on the jumper. Yeah, yeah. So we had nine girls based in the territory who were part of the Adelaide Footy Club. So we would zoom in for, you know, My God. for reviews and team meetings. So you weren't meetings. living down? You, no. You, what, you just flew and met them on the games? Yeah, so that's the most remarkable thing about winning that flag in year one of the AFLW was we'd our team literally got together Holy on shit. two occasions prior to round one um, and we managed to win the flag. It was unreal. But so my second year I'd moved back to Adelaide. Keggs had just been delisted by the Suns yeah. after three Respect. years there. Respect. Respecter. Respect, yeah. right? Um, so he'd moved back to Adelaide, hometown, playing at South Adelaide. And I had to drive over to Melbourne to pick up a few things from my Melbourne place. And I took one of my best friends with me. And I was always adamant that I could never have, you know, any of the online dating apps. I don't know why, like Tinder, Bumble. I just thought well, I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. I was working in the media kind of space at that point in time. A young girl, yeah, just didn't go near them. And Kim was like, abs. Like you always complain about being single, but you don't actually ever do anything. You don't put yourself out there to meet someone. Um, I'm going to make you a Bumble account. And I was driving, so I'm going, oh, God, I can't stop you <laughs> as long as I get to pick a photo. Yeah. <laughs> what would you um, go with, by the way? Because that's a big choice. You gotta, was it you holding a fish or yeah, something? I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Something that really sells my vibe, sells my, yeah. Um, love my fishing, by the yeah. way. And then so Keegs was literally my first ever Bumble date. And now I'm the biggest advocate, hundred percent strike rate, one from one, um, and yeah, we're getting married. Um, but yeah, it was just timing once again. Like he'd just moved back to Adelaide, I'd just moved back to Adelaide, and um, yeah, he's honestly one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my That's life. Awesome. And I have 
so much respect for him. He works at Hawthorne now. He's obviously spent time at West Coast and spent time at Hawthorne as yep. a player as well. And just the resilience, I guess, of the man. Yeah. You you know what that's like 100%. being delisted. Uh, I know. have like the utmost, like I can judge a person without even knowing them on like their journey of like yeah. footy. And someone who's been to three clubs and had time at State League in the middle yeah. is like top <laughs> echelon of a person. Yeah. So I know without even knowing him that he's got some serious uh, resilience and, and yeah. guts and determined. Like it, it's really quite impressive. Oh, I can't. And to still want to work in footy too. Yeah. And that's the thing. I can't actually speak highly enough of the man, not as my fiance, but as a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to go to, yeah, he was Gold Coast for three years, delisted. Um, went back home, thought that the dream was over, played a year in the SANFL for South Adelaide, got picked up by West Coast off the back of their flag in 2018 as a bit of, you know, insurance for Nick Nat. That mm -hmm. was when he'd gone down. Spent the entire year there uh, grinding away, trying to get an opportunity. He won their waffle best and fairest as a ruckman, like Impressive. could not have done much more, delisted at the end of the year. Went back to South Adelaide, you know, you got to get back into the SNFL thinking, God, the dream is well and truly dead now. And then Hawthorne came knocking um, on the eve of the SNFL season. So South Adelaide was spewing, but ended up going to Hawthorne, obviously during the COVID era for two years and then delisted. But there's not one person at those three clubs that, oh. or any anyone in the industry that would have a bad word to say about him. And he identified very early that he was never going to be a superstar. He was never going to play 200, 250 games as much as he dreamt of it and as much as that's that's what he wanted, right? It's a young boy's dream to, to come through and, and be a superstar of the competition. But he recognised that that wasn't his role and his role was to help and develop the kids coming through. So he did that. You know, whilst he still was one of the most committed players day in, day out to try and get his own opportunity, he turned to the kids and tried to develop them. So awesome. you look at him now at Hawthorne, he's head of development for the AFLW um, and that you know, he's got a number of roles, you know, I won't I even go imagine. into it. He's yeah. got three or four different roles with Hawthorne, but that's yeah. one of them. And he's just, yeah, he's so passionate. He's got a teaching background. So, so passionate about helping people get to that level now. So awesome. Yeah. Like they always say, you know, you can get lucky getting to two clubs, but three clubs you've got to be a, oh, I you know. got to be a special, special yeah. man. And that's the thing, somebody who has so many disappointments as well. Like you work so hard, but yeah. you've got so many no's, you know. You've got a degree in yeah. life. It's like, you know, I say this because I've been through it myself, but mm. you, I'd take that route over any other route now, yeah. like knowing what you know once you leave the game and yeah. yourself, even like with your journey, not just through footy, but everything else, like the no's, the yeses, moving, mm -hmm. being at the top of your game, being at the bottom of your game, being there, being dropped, all these bits and bits. You can't buy that experience. You can't. And unfortunately, guys that play 300 games and win flags, they you actually don't get, get that. Yeah. And it's harder for them later on to learn that stuff at 35 when they've got a family. Exactly so. right. And that's where you do. You look at Keegs and his experiences and, you know, going from the Gold Coast Suns where they were kind of operating out of transportables to West Coast off the back of a flag yeah, and the success. So you've seen Gold Coast to West Coast and then you go we to- We get along, I think. Yeah. And then you go to Hawthorne under Alistair Clarkson for two oh, years. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like- Okay, don't worry. I get it. He's done more than me. That's No, but a true journeyman. I know. A it's true a, journeyman. It's very impressive. Um, yeah, he's an amazing human We'll have to man. get him on for a chat. I'll yeah. Have some stories. Yeah. Um, we're, I don't want to miss anything here, but let's go to- We spoke about the AFL Premiership. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Oh, Yeah. Like 
does that still where does that rank? Out I of? oh, that's still my my greatest yeah. greatest thing to date. Um, to have the opportunity to be drafted first and foremost to the club that you adored and you supported um, your entire life was a dream come true, but especially because of that relationship with the NT as well. Yeah. So my two places that have been such a massive part of my world and, and my journey to come together. That's universe side, per, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. And just that group, as I said, very, very unique situation that, you know, half of our team's in Adelaide, half's in Darwin. Nobody gave us a chance purely because of that situation and that relationship. We didn't have the luxury of training together on the track each and every week heading into a game. We flew from different parts of the country to a game day situation mm. and it clicked. Um, Beck Goddard described it actually as an arranged marriage and you just had to, <laughs> you just had to rock up and make it work. <laughs> um, but... We just had the group of girls that we had. Um, it wouldn't have worked with any other group. Um, we, Beck had a no dickhead policy. If we had one dickhead in that group, it would have collapsed. Mm. And everybody was just amazing. So I look back at that. That was one of the best days of my life, obviously, when that final siren went at Metricon Stadium. Um, yeah, and to, to be a premiership player in that inaugural year is something that obviously I hold very, very close to my heart. So special. Yeah. The the journey as well for you, I suppose, like looking at it, you know, even talking about that nine-year post that came up on your phone, like how crazy on that, to- like yeah. fast forwarding five, six, seven, like in that period to have, have that as well. That's what I mean. Like it's, it's weird. It's pretty crazy when you look back at, at the journey, mm. you know, like I, growing up, netball was my jam. I never really saw footy, um, you know, in my younger years of, sorry, from a, a a women's yep. team perspective. Um, started having a kick up in Darwin. Like I, we played knockout and nine-a-side competitions in school, but there was never like the women's competition. There was never that to aspire to get to. There was never an elite level. Um, only until I went to Darwin, I started having a kick and obviously success through Waratahs and then the talk of um, the AFLW competition. But I also... I had a lot of no's along my journey. Yeah, too. what were the no's? So obviously year one of the women's exhibition game, no one got drafted from the NT. Year two, I wanted to bring more attention and interest to women in the NT to hopefully get drafted and get an opportunity. No one got drafted again. That third year, um, we had a couple of girls get drafted, Ange Foley, Amy Chittick, I think, or maybe Sissy Dunn um, from Alice Springs. And still I didn't get an opportunity. Um, And I remember actually Michelle Cowan, who at that point in time was head coach of the Melbourne women's team. She was, yeah, she was in Darwin. And I asked to have a coffee with her just to get some feedback. Just what can I be doing to, you know, hopefully be considered and and get an opportunity. And she just said, Abs, we know you can kick goals, but we want to see up the ground a little bit more. Um, I certainly wasn't a stay at home forward. I I did leave the square, I promise. Um, (laughs) But we want to see, you know, getting amongst it up the ground a little bit more, setting up teammates, that kind of thing. So I took that on board and I played as a high half forward for my last year at TARS and heading into the AFLW. Um, so you do, you have so many no's along your journey and then you've just got to seek feedback and I guess take that feedback on board and, and hope that it changes things and that it can open up an opportunity and it just takes one person to see something in you for, for that opportunity to arise. And I remember draft day, like, so I went at, they were, that was year one of the AFLW, right? So they're building lists from scratch. So I went at 
pick 103, which was 13 overall, I think, for Adelaide. And I remember every single name that was read out. I'm going, oh, no, shit, like just getting, you know, more and more worked up and preparing myself for the disappointment of not getting another opportunity. And I think I said this to you on Friday knockoffs, but Jason Rose, my brother-in-law, um, played 50-odd games for Brisbane, um, you know, a few flags for NT Thunder in his years as well. And he was the only one that was home with, only person that was home with me during the, the draft. And I'm sitting there on the computer just, you know, you could like sweaty palms, your name's not getting read out. Um, Rowie, I know he was sitting next to me and then he just got up and he was like, oh God, I've got to go clean. I've got to go put the dishes oh. away. Cause he's just like, what am I going to do if this doesn't happen for this yeah. poor girl? Like I'm the only one here. I'm going to have to console her. Um, and then yeah, next minute, obviously my mm. name was read out. I started crying. He's jumped on me. Um, yeah, but not too many people know, I guess that, that kind of journey and the no's that obviously led to the yes, um, but yeah, and even even once you get to the AFLW and that level of expectation, no, once you've kicked a hundred and mm. you've played in three EJ Win Legends games, and there's been a lot of hype about you. Like I, I was so I did I lost all my confidence when I went to the AFLW. Even in my body, like my body obviously started to break down from many many years of netball and, and mm. footy, and then those you know sport for twelve month situations. I didn't have an off season. Um, but yeah, I lost all my confidence in in those, those first years of the AFLW. Um, yeah, not too many people know that either. So, yeah. Oh, well, look, there's, without a story of success, there's always going to be those moments. But yeah. like with the no's, yeah. have you found as well, like you're so maybe, maybe not for you, but I was always so scared of no's and, you know, mm. like the hard times and stuff like that. But you realise the more times you get said no to, the more like it just doesn't matter anymore. You yeah. just, like, it just like bounces off. It's character like the, building. It's char- but it's more like <laughs> I was so scared of people saying no. And now, like, you sort of love it because you're like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Like, it's for the next person. Like, we'll just work it out. Like, just keep trucking yeah. on. Yeah. Do you know what? I am I never take no for an answer. It, a no to me means not right now. Yeah, okay. Like, it like doesn't that. mean no. Yeah. It means not right now. I'll come but back. But if you come back in a <laughs> yeah, week, yeah, it might no. be a different story. That's my mentality around <laughs> yeah. it, though. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's with everything, not just not just footy, but life itself and, you know, work and um, my career and opportunities that might present. It's if somebody says no, no worries. Don't let that be it. Don't let that stop you from trying to take that next step because the no's are like the character building. Mm. So how then, like, again, we've, we haven't even touched on a million things. We've still got Survivor, SAS, <laughs> uh, Blindside, Bobby and the commentary stuff to go. Yeah. How did the media come into it? Because people would see you now dominating Friday, Saturdays on the boundary, Channel 7. Yeah. But you had an apprenticeship. Yeah, I did. You had a massive apprenticeship. Yeah. <laughs> like this wasn't something that happened overnight. This no. was a lot of time. And the big one, a part of it too, is obviously you've got an incredible personality on screen, charisma, all these things, but that had to be built at a level and I'm sure it wasn't all smooth sailing to begin with. No. Yeah, I, I guess... In terms of where I am today, so I was lucky enough to, to play in the EJ Witten Legends yep. games, as I said, and that kind of threw me into the media landscape and was getting pushed and pulled in so many different directions with radio and TV interviews, which I loved. And I worked out very quickly that I had a passion um, for footy broadcasting and I wanted to be involved. And at that point in time, there was some quality journos and um women on TV, you know, Caro Wilson and Sam Lane and, uh, you know, a number of girls, but there wasn't too many. And I wanted to very, I guess, I wanted to be a part of that change. And hopefully 
um, get more and more women, I guess, involved in the broadcasting mm. landscape. So it was actually I played in one of the West End slowdowns, which is the South Australian version of the Legends game. So right. Crows v Port playing alongside Bungie McLeod and, um, yeah, so some of the other absolute superstars. But I remember I played against Mark Beretta that year. Obviously, Mark Beretta it's a, from Channel East yeah, from the, Sunrise? Yeah, the sportsman. Yeah. Um, so you get a couple of media personalities in those games as well to really kind of, you know, bump them up. And... Yeah, playing directly on Barrett's. I reckon I kicked six on him that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Just kidding. Well, that's un- <laughs> but that's below par for Just you kidding. too, seven. Is- I know, yeah, I don't think I kicked six. Um, he'll just hate that I said that. Um, but after that, you know, Barrett's had obviously seen me playing the Legends games and he was like, you would be awesome. Let me get your details and um, I'll see what I can do. And it was Barrett's that sent my details to Gary O'Keefe at Channel 7, who's our, you know, executive producer of the mm. AFL. And Gaz gave me my first start and my first opportunity with the VFL, with Channel 7, and I did that for a couple of years. How'd you find that? Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. So we had, yeah, Jace Bennett, Nigel Carmody, Campbell Brown. But the learning part of it, yeah. like was it something that – because, again, people are like, oh, okay, you got an opportunity, but you have to say yes to that opportunity. Yeah. You have to then learn a skill oh. that you're not familiar with. Like TV's fucking hard, yeah. man. Like it is so hard to pick up and you have to be really uncomfortable yeah. for the first like 12 months. And not too many people know. So when I first started in the VFL, I was still living in Darwin. So you're yeah. flying back on the weekends. Yeah. So I spent every Some dollar every dollar that I ever earned was spent on air or flights to come down and chase those opportunities. So I was yeah. living on the bones of my ass, right? Um, you know, working full time in Darwin. Real estate? Uh yes. And then I also was um in the lead into AFLW, working with AFLNT and commercial operations yep. as well. And they were kind enough to let me work remotely on a Friday. So I flew out on a Thursday night. I jumped on a plane. I flew down to Melbourne. I, I paid rent here um, at a place that I never was in. I just needed a room to be able to come here on weekends and chase opportunity. Um, so I would work media kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I would jump back on a plane on Sunday night, go back to Darwin and grind again. For the week. So I didn't have a day off. I, I was so tired. I look at that that period of my life and I'm exhausted thinking about it. Mm. But you had to make the most of every single opportunity and you have to make it work no matter what it looks like. And and for me, that was being broke. You know what I mean? That was having no money. That was if I had, God, $400 in my account. Awesome. Because I was spending everything on, on rent and flights just to chase opportunities. And not too many people would know that about nah, me. No, you're a hustler. That's so cool. Um, and, oh, God, it makes me emotional even yeah. thinking about it because I'm like, God, like I those years were so hard, but they paid off. You know what I mean? And you say, how do you learn and, and get better and whatnot in that TV? I, I, I would love to see the tape from my first oh, opportunity. You'd love to, but not love to. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But Gary O'Keefe in particular, once again, EP at seven, like he would ring me after every single VFL, you know, broadcast and just say, Abs, you did this well, work on this, um, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of don't do that. What were the don't do I can't even remember. <laughs> But he, he's been like a dad for me, you yeah. know, in terms of the development and the growth that he's, and the time, effort and energy on his behalf that he's pushed into to me to get better. Um, I'll be forever grateful to him, but also, you know, Jace Bennett, Nige Campbell, like the boys that I had early days, they were, they were 
I had to grow up pretty quickly and had to learn pretty quickly as well. But those guys in particular for my development, obviously who I was working with on a week-to-week basis, they helped me learn the ins and outs. And then I, I remember getting my first opportunity in the AFL in 2018 and, and that came off the back of a lot of hard work. Mm. You know, it, it certainly wasn't click your fingers and you get an opportunity. That was two years of grinding away and trying to make that opportunity happen. So um, it's a pretty crazy journey. So cool. You should yeah. be super proud of yourself. Oh. I know you are, but it's it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, that- yeah, that's the thing. You forget about that stuff. Like you forget about how hard you have worked to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I, I couldn't remember having to borrow money off, you know, my, my sister and my mom and my dad and things like that along the journey mm-hmm. because I was just so bullish in chasing it and so passionate and, and so I guess hell bent on making it happen that money didn't like, didn't matter. You know what I mean? I'd spend every dollar I earned on a plane ticket and, and rent just to try and make something of myself. Oh, if there's not a young man or woman listening today that has that thought and they're listening to this, like it's the message for them to just fucking do it. Just like do they've it. They've got to do it. Don't second guess yourself. Don't second guess. Mm. AFL. Yeah. Just quickly, some of your favourite parts about it, who do you love working with? Who have you got, you know, utmost respect for and learn a lot from um, yeah. in that team? Because there's some incredible oh. people that you, you work with. It's probably hard to even say a few. Yeah, that's the thing. Our, our team at Seven AFL. A special bunch of individuals, really, isn't it? <laughs> you want me to go there, don't you? You want me to go over at Kirk on you? <laughs> um, oh, but we are. Name. We are. Let's know. Yeah. Um, I'm so fortunate and so lucky to work with an amazing, amazing bunch of people. Yeah. You know, Gary, um, first and foremost, kind of at the top, obviously, with Louis Martin, the head of sport at Seven. Um, Gaz has been a I've already touched on him, but yeah, in terms of my growth and development. A lot of, a lot of people speak about him. I've never met He's him. He's one of the all time yeah. greats. Yeah, Just Gary one of the Gary. greatest human beings you'll yeah. ever meet. Um, but, you know, we've got such a great team of producers as well. Glennie and Dan um, work very closely with and, and been big parts of, of my development again. But in terms of on screen, um, look, for me, over the last kind of year or two, Hamish McLaughlin mm-hmm. has been very, very big. Um, particularly, yeah, I. Did some work with the Commonwealth Games last year and he was just awesome, just reaching out all the time and um, making sure that I was comfortable and okay with everything. And I was over-prepared. There's no such thing as over-preparing, right? But I was just cramming so much information and and Hamish was like, you don't need to do that. Just trust me. You've got a researcher there on set with you. You can fire off any question to them and they'll give you the answer. Like just, yeah. Um, So Hamish... And just, I don't know, just his ability as well to make you smile and make you relax and just, because sometimes before a broadcast, he can be so on edge and so, you know, if you're worried about something or nervous or whatever, and he just has the ability to just calm um, and just, yeah, just make a room smile really. Um, But all of them, you know, Hodgie's awesome. I'm learning so much from him. Richo, uh, BT has been great as well. He's He's the first one to put up his hand and say, hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. I pick up the phone. Um, yeah, Daisy. What an amazing human being Daisy mm. Pierce is. Yeah. Um, I'm so proud of everything that she's been able to achieve over the last decade or so, or even longer, but ever since I've known her. And yeah, I think early days in particular, um, just to be able to flick her a text or pick up the phone and give her a call. Um, yeah, but everybody at seven, that's what I mean. Like we're, it sounds lame, but we're a big family there and you, you kind of have to be. Um, we don't have any anyone that upsets the apple cart or anything like that, which we're very lucky to be in that 
position really. But um, yeah, it's an absolute dream come true for me. As I said, you look back and think about that little girl who, yeah, loved real estate, but loved footy as well. So to think that you've been able to, you know, Tick a lot of those things Tick off. Tick a lot of those cool. things off, yeah. And you're still going. Um, <laughs> Survivor. Oh, mate, mate. we have like, I didn't realise, like I don't watch a lot of Survivor, but there is like a full nuffy community of Survivor oh, lovers. big like, time. It's full And on. global, not just here in Australia. It's global. I didn't even know that. But we're speaking like Nick Brewald, obviously Sean Hampson is a friend of mine. We had, we've had Sam Gash on the show. We had yeah. Mark Wales on the show. And each time... I get them on the pod. Like they've thought that they're coming to talk about Survivor, but yeah. I'm more like interested in the other things. Like, do you want to talk about Survivor? Like, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. I just didn't realize how big of a beast Survivor was, massive. and it's it's almost like people that are on it have this other following. Yeah. That's just Survivor yeah. cult viewers. And I didn't realize how big it was, obviously, until I've been on the show a couple of times. Yeah. And to this day, like, where I was on season four and All Stars in 2019. To this day, I still get people from South Africa and America being like, Abs, like, we love you. We're watching your season now. You know, people that didn't watch it at the yeah, time, they're but they're still up. watching it now. That's crazy. And that's the thing. Like, Survivor is a global kind of en- enterprise. You've got, you know, the US have had 40 plus seasons, Survivor, South Africa. It's just crazy. And as I said, I didn't understand that there was such a massive community it's until you actually go through it. But one of the hardest things I've ever done, I didn't shower or brush my teeth for 46 days. Um, it was pretty brutal, um, but I loved, loved every minute of my Survivor experience. That's unreal. Mm. What's um, the hardest challenge? Hmm. You want a car on it? I want a car on it, yes. Um, and that was pretty tough. Like you, Was that the standing on the... Yeah, standing yeah. on pegs for two hours, like tiny little pegs. So you can imagine the pain that you're in with your feet um, in the blistering sun as well. But that's the thing. Like I learned so much about myself on Survivor that I otherwise wouldn't have learnt, yep. you know what I mean? So um, tell me to squat here for two hours and I'll tell you to get nicked. Yeah. Put me in a Fijian jungle, don't feed me for 30 days, say I'll give you a burger if you can squat for two hours. Mm. I can squat for two hours. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like just your mindset. Um, like once again, you are capable of so much more than what you actually think you're capable of. You've just got to find find that switch. And that's what Survivor taught me. So, you know, I look at where I am today and my mindset around things, but all of these little experiences throughout your journey yeah. obviously help towards that. Because pre-2019, oh my God, I'd never be able to squat for two hours. Now I'm like, if I really have to, I can squat for two hours. You know what I mean? I know what you just mean. Just the mindset man. around it Have you read a book yet? No. You need to. <laughs> I'd read it. Um, what was harder, Survivor or the SAS? Um, so SAS is still quite fresh. That's mm. coming out later this year. So we, can we talk about that? Oh, we can talk about okay. it, yeah. yeah we're going to talk about results and stuff. No, but no, no, like, no, no. Yeah. Obviously very, very different. Yes. But all I'll say is, yeah, SAS is by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Holy smokes. That's a good preview for the show. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Honestly. And I've, I've been lucky enough throughout my life to do some pretty challenging things. you tested yourself sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But once again, great experience and I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to watch oh, that. I, can't, I be... can't wait to watch it. Yeah, okay. Um, we can't say anything about that, well, can I, we? Unfortunately. No, no, we can't because it's not out yet. No, no, but obviously they've released the cast and yes, stuff like true. that. Yes, true. Yeah. Okay. We can't talk about any challenges. No challenges. No challenges. But as you can imagine, from previous seasons of yeah. SAS. See, the ones that sh- like scare me the most are the... Um, claustrophobic ones. Yeah. <laughs> Look, okay, no, so to put it simply, I'm scared of heights 
confined spaces, water, confined spaces in water, oh, um, everything. The one where they drop you in the car underwater. Um, I'm like, are you fucking kidding that's me? That's what I mean. That? So yeah. why, why the fuck did I go on this show? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I would go on that. That's one show I'd love to go on. Are you pitching right now to the producers? I am. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those ones too. You say you'll do it and you're like, nah. Actually, yeah, no, yeah. No, but I, once again, I cannot wait for that to I air. I can't wait to get there. Because yeah, it was sick. so challenging and... As we know, we were over in the Middle East, so a um, yeah, a, a very Holy challenging shit. environment and situation, and yeah, with with fourteen complete strangers, pretty much. So, Unbelievable! That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, to finish as well, we yeah. can talk about the business hustler side of you too. I love this. You're doing lots of things, as we know today. We've established that, but you've also got your own ecom clothing brand. Yeah. Blindside. You're an investor in a business owner in Bobby, yes. which is a partner of ours too, which yeah. we absolutely love. Yeah, we speak Bobby. about Bobby a lot. We've got the Bobby fridge. We have the photo out the front. We should have got, it's quite early in the morning when we're recording this. It's probably the best time for a soft drink. Yeah. But <laughs> it, they are the best, healthiest soft drink yeah, um, totally. in the game. Shout out to Big KJ who's got that business that mm. you love as well. Yeah. What else have you got going on? Is this just something that, you know, you see something, you go, oh, I want to make a clothing label. I'm going to go mm. do it. I like this soft drink. I'm going to go and be a part of it. Obviously, there's a there's a fair bit of strategy that goes behind. Of course, this. of course. Yeah, let's not <laughs> simplify it. <laughs> let's not make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Blindside, obviously, the name. I got blindsided twice on Survivor, yep. um, as many of you would know. Um, but yeah, so I launched that in February 2020, and not knowing that the world was about to obviously shut down with COVID, and everybody was working from home and wanted comfortable things and party up the top. Oh, sorry. What was a business up the top, party, party down the bottom? Yes. Yeah. Everyone wanted trackies. So it was the timing of that was, was you know, perfect to launch a loungewear business. Fortuitous. Um, and Blindside's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, you know, myself, Keegs, and, and we've got one of my really good friends, Ree, who works in that as well. Um, Bobby, yeah, KJ is an absolute guru, uh, just a gun of a human being. And um, I... He had a conversation with me and I just thought about it and I was like, there is a total gap in the market because I personally didn't drink soft drink because of the amount of, you know, sugar and um, additives and everything that gets pushed into it. And I was like, but I love soft drink. Mm. I just, because of obviously health and fitness and blah, 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 blah. You're like, yeah, I just didn't go near him. Whereas Bobby is just the perfect alternative. 2% prebiotic, low low sugar, low cows. It's delicious. Looks cool. Looks cool. They are nailing. Looks cool in the hand. They are nailing the marketing. Shout out to Carol, Do you know girl. what the best thing is as what? well about it? Not to just go too hard on it, but the can size. Yeah. Like when I drink a can of Coke sometimes, you mm. always get to that last bit at the bottom and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a bit warm. Can I, yeah, can I gross. drink or can I not? Yeah. <laughs> you just, this, yeah. this can's like a little bit smaller, so it's just yeah. very digestible. Yeah. Um, and I believe in KJ, I believe in Bobby, and once again, a gap in the market obviously is where you want to kind of throw your money and, and your support behind. I love the product. Um, and, yeah, things are going really well there. I think, well, I know, we're about to launch into Coles, um, 7-Eleven, you know, nationwide at the moment. Very good. Um, yeah, and a few other exciting things in the works. So it's going really, really well. But a big thing for me is obviously that travel and tourism space yes. with real estate. So I, at the moment I'm, um, yeah, still trying to kind of focus on those areas. Um, so what do you mean by that? Is it like you want to dive, put your portfolio and get property all around Australia? Yeah, I'd love yeah. to, yeah. Um, so it's been a you know a pretty big goal of mine since I was a young girl as well to have a kind of property in every state and territory. That's, that's going to take me a little while. That's a cool goal. Um, but that's a goal of mine. You know what I mean? And I can guarantee if I could invest in you doing that, I probably would because <laughs> yeah. that's like 
guaranteed to happen. But that's the thing. Once I'm older and I've got my own children or maybe even some grandchildren and I want to go and live in the territory for the dry season, go to that house. Or in the the winter, if you want to go to, this is putting a high, but Noosa or somewhere, you know, have a house there. That's my dream. Um, I'm certainly not there at the moment. Please don't think that I am, but that's a big goal of mine. Where are you at on that goal set at the moment? Not there. Not there, yeah. Not there. But, yeah, it's something that's a big goal of mine and um, we're currently looking to buy, whether it's here or um, we love the kind of McLaren Vale wine region. So you want it to, you've ticked off Melbourne? Yeah. NT? Yeah. And And then, so, yeah, we want to buy. Adelaide. Yeah. I love that. It's very exciting. So, well, that's a a big goal. So that's probably where I'm at next is just trying to use the the real estate side of my world and... um, Getting that. Man, I'm a we, big property nuffy though. Like I love it. Do you? Yeah. Where? Give us a tip on someone now listening. Where? What? It's like your number one property tip. Um. Because my got my um my far my father in law is yeah. a big property guy. He always just gave me this one tip. He's like always never buy something with your heart. Always buy oh, with your yeah. head. And that's the thing. That's what I struggle with. Is I'm a full. Oh, you fall feel, in love with yeah, the place. Fall in and, love. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Gotta, so that's the thing. It, it needs to make sense with your 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 situation. Um. Location is a big one. Yeah. Obviously, you know, a lot of the cities are so saturated these days that the the growth and the development is happening further and further out. Yeah. But once again, it just depends on your situation. And For sure. The way you it's not something that. that we talk about often here because, again, it's like you don't want to – it's weird talking about money and housing mm. and stuff like that. But, like, I got some really good advice as well when I was younger. All of my teammates were buying stuff sort of like inner city, like apartments and stuff. And my father-in-law was like made me – pretty much made me buy a place um, out further of Melbourne yeah. and it was a bit of like dirt, but it was a bigger block. Yeah. And I still to this day, I'm just like, thank fuck. I had some good advice on mm. that because like it's, you know, it's been really lucky to have done that at an earlier age. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there's just surrounding yourself with good people, the education piece and stuff around mm. properties. There's so many ways to do it. That's the thing. Like you've just got to make it up yourself. Yeah. No, definitely. It's... um. It's a pretty crazy space, that old real estate world. Isn't it, it? It's a fun one. What else? Is there anything else you're doing that we've missed today? Um, I don't think so. That's the thing. I can't even think. I know. I can't even think. But as I said, just, yeah, the travel piece, um, that's something that I always focus on. Um, what with that, though? Like, what would? what's the part? Like, have you not been anywhere yet? Have you been everywhere? Oh, I certainly haven't been everywhere. In Australia? Yeah. Yeah. No, Where's on the bucket list? Have you been to Caratha and Dampier when you came down the coast um, through Esperance? You would have come through yeah. like Port Hedland Way? Yes. Yeah. Yep, so that's yep. where. We've done the whole coast of WA kind of top is to bottom. Just Coral Bay, up, like the, the Coral Coast is incredible. One of my favourite places in Australia to go, and I'm so fortunate, but my, my sister actually lives out in Gove, um, so a very remote part of the territory in East Arnhem Land oh, on the yeah. Gove Peninsula. Yeah. Um, she lives there. She lives there. So did, was she from Adelaide as well? Yeah, Adelaide and then followed me up to Darwin. So she went with you? Yeah, and she met, yeah, met Rowie up there. Wow. Got married, couple of kids, lives out in East Arnhem Land of all places. Um, and awesome. so I'd been there a couple of times before they moved there and hands down one of the most beautiful places you could ever go, very remote. Um, and now I'm fortunate that my sister, she'd never even, same thing as that I did with Darwin. She'd never even been there before. And she's like, I'm moving to Nullamoy. Yeah. So she's out there and I'm so lucky she is because I get to yeah go and visit them in one of my favorite places in the country. That's so cool. Yeah. Abby, it's been incredible. Thanks for having I me. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope 
And I know everyone will be as pumped with that as I am because I just think you have so many incredible experiences. So it's such an incredible story of just like an absolute go-getter. Like doesn't take no for an answer. As we said, you literally don't take no for an answer. It's not right now, <laughs> no, yeah. which is a great Come back um, later. analogy. And um, yeah, it's a genuine pleasure. You've inspired me even today to just keep going. And whenever you think that, you know, I can get very comfortable sometimes and I look at someone like you, I'm like, fuck, I've done absolutely nothing with my life. Mm-hmm. I need to keep going. Oh, so, no, yes, you have. But um, thank you. Congratulations on everything today. I'm pumped to see what like the next few years bring you because I don't know what else you can technically do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's exciting. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming in. Thanks so much. Always great to chat. Your stuff. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freer versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.